Howdy, hello, and welcome to episode 47 of Fat Love Talk. I'm your host, of course, Zach Love, and here today on the podcast, we have some very exciting topics. The first half, of course, is going to be gaming news. I got Super Mario Maker, I got Crash Team Racing, I got some Dead by Daylight content coming to you, and uh, then some house cleaning involving my YouTube channel that I'm picking back up. And then on the second half of the podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, my time on the Willing to Go Ham podcast. That is right. Uh, My friend uh, Christian, who hosts the Willing to Go Ham podcast, had me on. Uh, We'd been discussing for a while. Timelines had not crossed paths yet to where they worked. And we finally found some time. We were like, screw it. This is going to happen. Here's the time. Here's the, the, the date. And we're going to do it. Very good guy. Very nice guy. Definitely check his podcast out. Tell him I sent you. Send him some love. Uh, Christian, if you're listening, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I really had a good time. Have me back on, my dude. I had a great time. And let's talk about some more fun stuff. Uh, you're the lead man. And I will follow where you take it and uh, have a good time. Uh, that being said, guys, this is Fat Love Talking. I'm your host. Let's talk about some news. So let's go ahead and jump right into Crash Team Racing. Very exciting game, and I, uh, I had a lot of fun playing it. Uh, I beat the story mode. It wasn't too complicated. Of course, I played it on easy because I wanted to get those trophies. And uh, if you want to see me play it, guys, I have the entire uh, campaign mode on my YouTube channel, at Alpha Phenomenon Gaming. Um, those links are all over my social medias, which I put at the end of my podcast. So make sure you check those out. If you're following me on one of them already, I usually share that stuff. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that content, guys, because I I have a lot to say here. Okay, let's start by talking about Crash Team Racing pre Grand Prix. All right, let's go ahead and start by talking about the game on uh, release. It was very, very good. I enjoyed it. I loved it. I bought the $60 Nitrous Oxide Edition that unlocked the hover cart or hovercraft, whatever it's called, um, early instead of having to beat the game, which I would have never, ever, ever unlocked that, by the way, guys. It would have taken several hours and frustrating attempts to have unlocked it. But, whoo, daddy. Uh, My friend Morgan actually did unlock it. He bought the base copy of the game and earned it the legitimate way, which proves he is a much better racer than me. But... Uh, I haven't raced him yet, so I can't confirm nor deny that. Ha ha ha, shots fired. Anyway, um, I really enjoyed the story mode. It was a lot of fun, a lot of nostalgia. It made me remember, though, that I played Crash Nitro Kart more than I played Crash Team Racing because the tracks for Nitro Kart, I remember more than the tracks for Crash Team Racing. And I remember the alien you had to face off against in Crash Nitro Kart and I don't so much remember Nitrous Oxide. Now, I do remember him, obviously, I played that game, but I have more fond of memories as a child, more nostalgia with the other Crash Racing game, simply because I played the heck out of that, and I loved, loved, loved it, and uh, instead of making two remasters, they've put two in one and given you the best of both worlds. Now, I really wish you could have played both campaigns independently, I mean, they give you four save files that you could have just used two, one for each game file, and then one for if you wanted to play it again on hard for the trophy, and you wouldn't have to compromise, you know, your save files. But they neglected to do that, which is sad. I mean, I'm not going to downvote the game because of that. I love, love, love the game. 
but it's just a little disappointing because my nostalgia runs deeper with the other Crash Racing game versus the campaign version that we had gotten. But the courses, by the way, speaking of those, are gorgeous. You want to talk about the most beautiful remastered game I've ever played in my life. It's probably this one. All right, they remade Spyro. They remade the original Crash Bandicoot games. They remade uh, Medieval, which is coming out soon. They came out with, you know, Ukulele, which was supposed to be some sort of, not remaster, of course, but spiritual successor to the old style of games. And they all look beautiful, okay? They're all very colorful and very great. But something about Crash Team Racing, CTR is just so absolutely beautiful. They went, and I, I remember hearing a behind-the-scenes thing where on Coco Park, they went, they were putting as many flowers on the racetrack that they could before the frame rate dropped. Like, they wanted to put as many flowers as possible on there. And let me tell you what, that course is probably the single most beautiful course out of the whole game. Like, out of the entire game, the colors are gorgeous. The track is gorgeous. The, the character models are beautiful. The costumes are so dope. Let's go into that for a second because they have a new thing with the new game where everything is remastered so they can do more with the game. The original you couldn't do a whole lot with. You had the one character model, right? No, no, no. In this game, you have skins for each of your racers, several of them. It is so cool to see that you can customize your racer in whatever way you see fit. And it is amazing. I love it. It's so cool, guys. It is so cool. And I have been playing it and playing it and playing it until it burned until I got burned out with it because I loved it so much. And I'm taking a little bit of a break right now to play other games, but I'm never going to stop playing this game for the rest of my life. It's going to be a consistent PlayStation 4 title I pick up and play. And over and over and over, the cycle continues, guys. It is gorgeous. I'm, I'm going to have to give this game like a solid 8 out of 10. As a, from the racing genre, that's baller. I think Mario Kart's a good 8 as well. But the big comparable difference, and everybody compares Mario Kart and... Crash Team Racing and Sonic Team Racing and all this these racing genre titles. And, and here's the problem that I have. They're all in the same genre and they are all kart racers. So it's, it's better to compare these three games than, you know, Forza and Gran Turismo against C Crash Team Racing because they're going to play very differently. And, and you can't have the crazy kart mechanics that you can have on Crash in Gran Turismo or Forza. So I get it, okay? But when you compare games like Mario Kart and Sonic Racing and Crash Team Racing, you, you hit this wall where it basically comes down to the gameplay style and the item drops. See, the, the big problem that uh, the homie Tyler, shoutouts to the homie Tyler, uh, had with Mario Kart was that the items gave you too much of a redemptive chance. There were too many offensive items that dropped the lower you fell in bracket, and that just didn't seem as fair. Whereas on Crash Team Racing, you have to earn first place by drifting, by getting items. Now, every now and again, you'll be in, like, second place and get, like, 
a speed boost or an Aku Aku and you'll like zoom up to first place. Okay, that happens. Seldom does it ever happen. The only time you even get the uh, electro like equivalent of the blue shell, like the blue ball that flies around the map and pretty much stops first place and makes them go hoppity hop. But that item only really happens if you're lower than fourth. You really don't get it top three. If you're on the screen as one of the top players in, in the race, you're probably not going to get the item. Not that it doesn't happen, it's just less likely to happen if it's an eight-person race. Now, if you're doing a race amongst friends and you're dead last amongst your friends and let's say there's four of you racing, yeah, okay, the the balancing is a little bit different. I've I've had a little bit of a complaint with the way that works. Like, uh, there are, there are times when my, my friend Tyler, the homie... Um, who is, by the way, much, much better at the game than me, um, will be in first place, and I'll just get a lucky item, and then I'll blast him, and I'll zoom into first place to swipe the finish, which he thinks is Garbaggio, which, I mean, I can't hold that against him. It kind of is, if we're being totally honest here. But I have to also say that it's a matter of balance. And I feel like after the Grand Prix comes out, which we're going to get to in a second because it is currently out. I felt like at the time that once the Grand Prix came out, maybe some balancing would happen and they would fix that because there's going to be a lot more of an online focused um, progression from there because you have to be connected to the internet to earn Nitro and whatnot. But that wasn't really the case and we'll get into that in two seconds. But I just want to say that the campaign was really fun. Playing with your friends is baller. And if you like kart racers, don't compare them. If you like a kart racer, do not compare them. I can understand comparing Drive Club, Gran Turismo, and Forza. You know, that, that makes sense. But kart racers are a, a, a crazy genre where every kart racer plays differently. You're not going to get, you know, Garfield and Friends racing to play the same as Mario Kart, to play the same as Sonic Racing, to play the same as Crash Team Racing, to play the same as Hello Kitty Racer, or some third-party title that's some cheaper version of uh, an imitation. They all are going to play differently, they're all going to have different items, and they're all going to be fun in their own way. Possibly. Depending on the way the mechanics work. But the big ones, the big ones, Crash is up there with those big guys. And with Activision behind it, I knew it was going to take off. It had legs. It was going to go places. And uh, that's why I want to go ahead and talk about the Grand Prix now, because <laughs> Activision is behind this. And if we know anything about me, I've talked plenty about Call of Duty and the BS, ooh, the B, I almost said it, uh, the BS microtransactions and the reason why I have not booted up Call of Duty since days of summer is because of Activision and their, and their crap microtransactions. And it's just no fun, no fun, no fun, no fun. To play that game anymore. So uh, let's go ahead and dive into the Grand Prix. Activision has done it again. <laughs> Doggy dog. They have done it again. And oh boy, howdy, are we in for a treat. Get your spoons, get your whipped cream. You're about to sizzle on top of the ice cream sundae right now. Okay, here is the content. I didn't expect the Grand Prix to be so full of 
Wumpa coin needage. Now, let me rephrase that. I didn't expect the Grand Prix to rely so heavily on the fact that you're going to grind the game to death to get Wumpa coins and unlock everything in the shop. Now, if you didn't play the game launch day, well, you are in for a burial of items in the shop, which you have to earn with in-game currency, which you cannot purchase, thank God. That's the one thing I'm scared, terrified, actually, of Activision doing is giving you the option to purchase Wumpa coins. Do not do that. If any Activision person is listening to this or anybody in the, in, who can has any pull, don't do that. Don't. But also make it easier to earn Wumpa coins because Jesus, you go in a race online, you get fourth place, you're going to get like 30 coins. Oh, cool. But that item you want is 2,500. You know how many races you got to do? How many hours you have to invest? This is the exact reason why I stopped playing Call of Duty. I wanted the new weapons. I wanted the cool outfits. I wanted to earn them. I wanted to grind out the stream, you know, like the, 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 the event stream. It's like 40 or 50 items. And then you lock stuff behind a, a paywall because it's in some crate. And then you have a percent of a chance to get it. Now, Crash Team Racing is not as bad as Call of Duty Black Ops 4. I will say that much. But it's getting to a point where I'm saying something. Because I know if patterns are anything to go off of, Activision's burying their claws into a franchise I love dearly. All of the new characters you can unlock in the shop with in-game currency. But you have to play the game for hours and hours and hours to obtain them. And oh, you get sidetracked because you want to buy a car or some tires that'll customize your car real cool. Or oh cool, they now have a really dope biker jacket for one of the character, for two of the characters actually, for Tiny and for Crash Bandicoot. And they look sick. They are so dope. But oh, you want them? They're like 1200 a piece. And oh, but oh, you've saved up like 2000. You're 500 coins away from unlocking the new character that you can race as. That's part of the event. What do you do? You can't spend another two or three or four hours. You have a day job. You have bills to pay. You have the ridiculous price of Netflix and Hulu and every other crappy video program to pay for every month. You can't afford the time to play the game for hours and hours and hours like Activision expects you to. <coughs> Excuse me. You, you can't just go back to being 9 or 12 when you could get home from school. or It's summertime right now. You could just spend all day playing it unless your parents are oppressive. Like mine were just a little bit. And Unless you have that restriction, you can just play it all day. But let's be honest here. If you're listening to my podcast, more than likely you're not 12. More than likely you're a grown man or woman and you have a day job. You have a career, hopefully. You have a family or, or a relationship, or even if you don't, you have friends and, and, and relationships that you invest into. And, and, and your friends are going to be like, oh, he's just playing that, that crash game. It's all good. We still homies. Look. <laughs> Activision's done it again, boys. It's, it's sad. Really, it is. Okay, it's, it's, it's one of those things where... I fell in love with the game all over again, beat the story mode, 
loved it, cheered it on, gave it a ranking high in the sky. It's so fun, play it. And then the Grand Prix, the Grand Prix rolls around, and uh, you have to earn Nitro. I haven't even talked about the Nitro, guys. Woo. That's all I had to say about that. Well, get ready for the night show. You have to do daily, weekly challenges and other challenges that are much, much, much harder for skilled adversaries of the game to earn Nitro. There's a bronze tier, a silver tier, and a gold tier. You have 25 days from the start of the Grand Prix to complete that. And currently, as I record this, we have, we have like a little over a week. I think. I, I, last time I checked was like 14 days or something like that. Uh, I haven't played it in a few days and I feel bad about that, but also I stopped caring. I was so nostalgic and in love with this game. And then they had to go and add the Grand Prix, which I was really excited about. I was like, oh yeah, you're going to earn Nitro, you're going to unlock characters, you're going to do all kinds of fun stuff, new tracks and courses, and, 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 and it's going to be the bomb. But, in reality, guys, we got a slippery way to let Activision steal from us again. No, they're not stealing your money this time, though they probably will try. Give it some time, guys. We still have two more confirmed Grand Prix. Uh, one of those being Spyro, and he's the last one of those three. So, <clears throat> with how popular Spyro is, I wouldn't be surprised if they lock Spyro behind a paywall. Or some of Spyro's friends behind a paywall. You never know. No, guys. They have stolen, instead of our money, our time. Once again, we have another game that to complete to full completion, you, you have to spend hours upon hours. Look, Crash Team Racing is fun and all, but the last time I put 20, 30, 40 hours plus into a game was an RPG designed to level up your character and become more badass. I could race Ruse Tubes 300 times, and I'm not going to be any better than the 200th or the 100th time I did it. The first 100, I'm learning the course. I'm getting better at drifting. I'm evading obstacles. I'm learning the shortcut. After that, you're just doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over. The difference is the cosmetic you choose for your cart, tires, sticker, and character. Plus character skin. I, I, don't, I don't get what Activision is trying to accomplish here by, by, by stealing our time. Why, Activision? Why? Why have you stolen this? Why have you forsaken us? Activision has stopped caring about anybody except themselves. And that's coming from a gamer who follows the news, who follows the stories, who follows other YouTubers and, and people who, who talk about this, who discuss their feelings, who I agree with. I read the comment section of videos. I read the comment section of forums and, and threads and Reddit posts. And I see the same thing over and over and over. Nobody wants Activision to do this. Nobody wants any game to do this. So why do they think it's a good business model to do that? Like, for, for Pete's sake, just give us a paywall. For, for, if you're, if you're going to do that on Crash Team Racing, just give us a paywall. Let me buy my Wumpa coins and let me have what I want. I'm not going to spend hours playing your game. So let me save time and buy it.
Because you're doing that with all your other stuff. I, I love Crash Team Racing. I hate Activision so much. Activision is on my short list of, of, of top tier just not thinking about the consumer, not thinking about uh, the gamers, not thinking about anybody except themselves and how they can make a buck. And it's, it's frustrating. And I've tried to keep this censored, but ooh, I, I could have been, I could, oh, I've, I've had some opinions and I've said them and I, I just, ooh. Overall, guys, the Grand Prix is fun. Twilight, uh, what is it, Twilight? I think it's called Twilight uh, Hour is the new course. Really fun, guys. Brand new course. Never been on a crash game before. It's a brand, brand new course. It's really fun. It just sucks it's, it's associated with all the uh, Nitro and Grand Prix micro stuff. But hey, if you love grinding out games and spending all of your time and losing your invested relationships, then hey, this is for you. Just like every other game they make anymore. As a gamer, I want a game I can play in my free time. You want to know a great game? I just returned to playing Spider-Man, okay? Sidebar, but also it's, it's the same on-topic subject. I just returned to playing Spider-Man, right? It came out about a year ago um, on PlayStation 4. And I platinumed the game. I, I earned every single trophy. It was so much fun. I platinumed the game. I enjoyed the story. And, and guess what the great thing about that game is? People keep going back to it. Not because they have to grind out some sort of challenge for Spider-Man suits. Because those Spider-Man suits are given to us for free. Except once you unlock them in the game by doing in-game challenges, they are yours. Any post game not part of the campaign costume was given to us for free now activision you're scared you're sweating let me hear that let me say it again they gave it to us for free because we bought the game and supported them it's a foreign concept i know it's a very foreign concept but the game is baller i just returned to the game i have not finished the dlc i only played part part one of the three so I am playing the Turf Wars DLC right now, and I'm having so much fun playing it. But the, the thing is, I can stop playing that game today and go do something else and come back. And nothing will have changed because that game is designed to work whenever you get to it the same way. There are no... They might do a, an update for like a bug fix or something, but there's no online interactive part of that game. And it's amazing i love that game and here's an even better example because i know you guys are going to say well that's a single player game it's a solo experience it's not meant for that well here we go i also <clears throat> the homie tyler has got me back into dead by daylight which i wanted to talk about this anyway on the podcast so let's just transition to that um and it'll correlate in the same dead by daylight is doing a massive overhaul on their game they just unlocked, they just released their new chapter, which is Ghostface, who, by the way, is a terrifying killer. So if you have Dead by Daylight or you're interested, definitely, definitely pick it up. Really, really fun game. Um, I, I love playing it. I'm Prestige 1 on my character, and I'm working towards Prestige 2 uh, because there's a trophy for Prestige 3 level 50. So I'm trying to pop those trophies, but some trophies are very, very hard, so it's going to be a while. I've had this game for years. Uh, or at least a year or two, I think. Um, anyway, they have a shop where you can buy costumes 
and for your killers and for your characters, your survivors. Um, the goal of the game is to, as a survivor, repair five generators while the killer looks for you guys and tries to capture you and sacrifice you to the entity by hanging you on hooks. Um, it's a horror survival game. It's four survivors versus one killer. Everybody in that lobby is a player. The killer is a player. The killer chose... The, the player chose to be a killer and went into a match against four people who chose to be survivors. So it's player versus player. The entire thing. There's no AI involved. Um, entirely online game. Now, they're coming out with dedicated servers here soon. Hopefully, um, it's you know July at this point. All my birthday is coming up on Saturday. And I'm like, man, I'm going to be 26 before I even see the dedicated servers, I think. Which, I mean, sucks, but whatever. I mean, I thought June would be the month that they did that. But I digress. Um... And I'm very excited about dedicated servers, so I've been playing it again with my friend Tyler and my friend Nathan as well has been hopping on there with me. And we've had a lot, a lot of fun. Um, the in-app purchases have an in-game currency, and there's also a second in-game currency that you earn, yeah, oh, that you earn while you play. Now, there are three currencies in the game. The currency that you have to purchase... The currency that you earn in-game for items. And then there's blood points. Now, blood points are what you use to level up your characters in the blood web for your character progression. And in the blood web, uh, you earn blood points by playing the game. If you repair a generator, if you heal a friend, if you just, you just sabotage a hook, if you escape successfully, if you get chased by the killer and escape... If you stun the killer, there are several ways that you can earn blood points. You, are, you obviously earn a lot of points for winning. So if you win and you escape, because you have to repair five generators, and then you have to open the exit door, which takes about 45 seconds. Um, so if the killer's on you, you better be hiding or dipping or having a friend help out or a random on the map might distract him while you open the gate. But... It's it's a challenge, but it's not impossible, and it's very, very fun. It's tense. It's exciting. It's rage-inducing. I swear a lot when I play this game. But it's so much fun because you can you don't have to buy those costumes. They're completely cosmetic, and they've never wanted to change the meta of the game to where you play it any differently than it already plays. Outside of your costume, your, your, your characters look. Now, when you prestige... You unlock a free, uh, free outfit. Like for Prestige 1, you unlock a shirt. For Prestige 2, you unlock pants. These items are free because they're much bloodier versions of your previous clothing because it shows you've played the game longer. And it's a way to show in lobbies that you have this outfit that you're a Prestige player that you've spent several hours in the game. And you are rewarded for grinding out the game, for playing it for several hours. And let me just be honest here. I don't have fun playing Call of Duty anymore. I'm not good at shooters. I'm not. I liked Call of Duty because my friends played it with me and got me into it, and I love the memories that I have with them. The memories I have with my friends are why I love Call of Duty in the franchise. Not because Activision is some genius making a beautiful game, or Sledgehammer, or Raven Studios, or even Treyarch. They've let me down. Okay, they've let me down hard. I used to think they were just G's. You know, they knew what they were doing. They made it right. They made it the best way possible. No, that's not the case. 
Dead by Daylight has never once disappointed me because they've never changed dramatically the game. They've always kept it the same. And that's why I'm starting to notice that horror survival games or PvP style games are better when they're out of popularity. Now, Dead by Daylight isn't a popular game. I would love for it to be because lobbies are sometimes hard to find, but it's not a popular game by any means. And when we have dedicated servers, that will make the game much, much better to play because we won't be waiting and waiting and waiting for a lobby sometimes like we have been, uh, me and my friends. But I digress. It's a fun experience nevertheless. And Crash Team Racing is a fun game with my friends. But outside of that, I've lost any ambition to play it solo. Any ambition. And it's a shame because it wasn't burnout that caused that. It was the overwhelming knowledge that I have to play it for hours to earn all the items. And the items aren't even that cool. The new characters aren't that cool aren't worth grinding for it's like mediocre and uh i, I just kind of feel like activision should have learned by now but i digress um dead by daylight really fun game guys go play that game it's it's baller i stream it sometimes you might see it on my channel i do have a couple of gameplays from my friends and i playing <laughs> really fun gameplays guys so check it out, but uh, yeah, that's my review of Crash Team Racing, that's my review of, of Dead by Daylight here, soon the new update will happen, and we'll have dedicated servers, and I'll have a lot more to say, but uh, let's transition about the last game I want to talk about on this episode, and that's Super Mario Maker 2. Super Mario Maker 2, guys, is a baller game, um, Nintendo has, has never failed me when it comes to making a good game that I've wanted, and uh, with Fire Emblem right around the corner, and Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, exclusive to the Switch right around the corner. Guys, it's a great time to be a Nintendo fan, especially with all the micro stuff going on with Sony and Xbox and PC and all this stuff. You, you can't really microcharge us in um, Mario. You can't microcharge us in Zelda. So we're over here having a great time buying what we got and getting what we paid for. So Mario Maker 2, guys. I beat the story mode. Uh, I have not 100% the story mode, but I 100% the story itself. Uh, they made way too many custom levels for you to play uh, for me to 100%. And some of them are very challenging, which is a good thing. I like a challenge, but whoo, doggy dog, it is crazy. Uh, I will say that the story mode was just that, a story mode. It wasn't going to add anything special. There wasn't anything, you know, big fireworks or anything. But it was a great way for newcomers to the Mario Maker franchise who have not played the first installment on the Wii U to learn the game. I encourage you to play the story mode to completion before you make a level, before you touch the level editor at all. You can play online levels. More power to you. But I recommend, personally, playing the story mode to completion before you touch online, before you touch anything with the creation tool. And that's just me personally. I say that because you learn a lot. And even after I did the story mode, I went to uh, the tutorial section where there's where you can learn how to play the game better. There are 
you know, in-depth tutorials, how to make a good level, how to like watch ahead. I've, I've played half of those little level installments. Very, very helpful. It's like Yakamura's Dojo or something along those lines. Very, very helpful. This game is solid for me, guys. 8.5 out of 10. There's really not a lot for me to say about the game except for the fact that there are endless possibilities for level creation. I've made two levels. I've put them on my social media. Definitely look me up if you want to. I'm not sure if you can search by my name, Fat Love, on the Nintendo uh, online, but I'll have to look that up and I'll tweet it out, guys. So check out my Twitter at uh, you know, Fat Love. But we will definitely be posting more levels and I hope you play them and enjoy them. I've had some complaints that uh, my first level was too hard and my second level put the checkpoint in the wrong place. But in my defense, my first level was my very first level ever. And I was experimenting <coughs> and one of the things Yakamore's Dojo told me was to make a theme. Don't go crazy with items. Pick like an item block that you want to use as a consistent basis. So I chose the snow theme and then I chose ice blocks and then choose an element you want to use. So I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to make you collect one up mushrooms and the clouds that shoot up whirlwinds. It's a new item for Mario maker two that was not in the original. And I was like, I want to use these. So I thought of a creative way to make that work. No other enemy types are in the level. It's a timed level, so I put a speedrun category under it. You have 500 seconds to find 22 mushrooms. Now, the main section at the very beginning is the only place in the level you can die. I made it impossible to die in the sub-level. The only way you can die, technically, is with the time running out. And I made it to where you it's a vertical sub-level. You go up to the bottom and you work your way down to the bottom. By the time you get to the bottom, you should have collected your last mushroom. There's a pipe that sends you back to the first pipe. You go up that where you started at the top and there's a pipe that takes you to the finish line. If you have the hammer, which I gave you a hammer for additional challenge, you can break blocks and there's an emote I hid in the second block that takes you to the finish, which is like a cheering sound effect. And I'm very proud of that level. In fact, I like that level more than my second level, which I called Sky's the Limit. My second level, I chose to use Bullet Bills and Cat Mario. And Cat Mario can run on those, those side graphs. Uh, I'm calling that wrong. So I use side graphs, Bullet Bills, and Spikes. And I gave you the cat suit. And I thought, these are my themed elements. I'm going to consistently return to these. And I'm going to find a creative way to use this. One of the fun things that Cat Mario can do is if a bullet bill is coming straight at the screen, you can use Cat Mario and, and smack it and change the direction of the bullet bill. I used that one single time to blow up some blocks that were blocking your way because I did not know if everybody playing the game would know about that mechanic and I didn't want to frustrate the player. Now the section before that was very challenging and the checkpoint was right after that challenging segment and I had a lot of complaints that you should have put the checkpoint before that and I disagree because I feel like once you're past that and you hit the checkpoint, it's like a breath of fresh air. <sighs> I did it. Now I can progress knowing if I die, I'm safe. Versus if you die, you have to do that over and over and over again because the rest of the level isn't easy either. You are close enough to the end to where you only have a couple of challenges, sure, 
but why not just knock that out and be done with it? That was my thinking. I feel like too many people would rage quit, but also too many people are rage quitting now because of where I placed the checkpoint. It's kind of one of those lose-lose scenarios, but I love my levels and I'm trying to get better at creating them. And I'm no expert. I can't Kaizo. I can't do all the crazy auto-jump stuff, but it's really fun to take my knowledge and my expertise with, with the first game and try and make something fun for my friends to play at the very least, if not the world, um, if they choose to find my levels and play them and rate them and whatnot. Nobody's cleared either of my two levels that I've put online, and it's kind of sad because I didn't make them too challenging, but I feel like people are just quitting, and it's kind of sad because I love Mario Maker 2, and the story mode's baller. And if you play the story mode and you go to Yakamore's Dojo and you learn some of the mechanics, making levels feels easier and is less stressful because then you know I'm not going to just throw enemies everywhere and give you a star and say run to the finish quick collect a star before the time runs out and get to the finish because that's crazy you don't want a thousand enemies on screen you don't want to want to do that that's crazy but what you want is something themed something fun something that's challenging but not too hard gives you a rewarding checkpoint takes you to the finish line, you do a fun little dance, and on the Mario Maker level I made the second one, at the end of the finish line, when you go down the flag, you jump and you hit a block, but you land on the block, and you do a fun little end jump like, I did it, on the block itself, which is custom and is super dope that I did that, and I didn't even mean to do it on purpose, so I'm very, very, very excited about that. That being said, guys, Mario Maker is a very, very high score for me. I, I don't even know what to give it. Eight, nine, it's very, very high for me. I loved that game, and it, I definitely, definitely recommend it. It was really, really fun. That being said, guys, those are the, that's the gaming portion of this podcast. So the second half of this podcast is going to be me talking about uh, my time on the Willing to Go Ham podcast and breaking that down a little bit, talking some more about it in depth, and uh, giving you some uh, more personal information about yours truly. So stay tuned for that, guys. Howdy, hello, guys. Um, I just wanted to say real quick that I did record the online dating segment I was going to talk about for the second half, but it ended up being over an hour long when I recorded it. So this episode is already about 40 minutes because of the gaming conversations we've had. So I'm going to name the episode as such, but keep the intro I had because there's no way for me to edit that. Um, I apologize. There will be a second episode coming up uh so look out for my two episodes um thank you so much for listening to fat love talk for episode 30 or 47 rather um 48 is going to come out very 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 soon probably the same time um because i'm recording them both right now um that being said guys you can find my social media twitter and instagram it's going to be fat love 145 p-h-a-t-l-o-v-e 145 Snapchat is just fat love and the YouTube channel is Alpha Phenomenon Gaming. All of those social media links are going to be posted on my Twitter. Definitely the best place to go to to find that. But uh, look forward to the online dating segment that's coming up very, very soon on the next episode of Fat Love Talk. Take care, guys. Have a great one and I will see you on the next episode.